0: It's about 1245 in the afternoon on August 10th of 2020. You're sitting on your covered front porch, trying to enjoy your leftover chicken fried rice while you watch the incoming thunderstorm. You notice your next-door neighbor quickly runs inside without a word, and suddenly the air becomes so still. You look around and see the wall of wind and rain hurtling towards you from the top of your street. Before you can grab your lunch and the oscillating fan that was keeping your pregnant butt cool all summer, the storm is upon you and you're seeking shelter.
1: Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh,
0: it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued.
1: Uh, Just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we?
0: Calamity James.
1: That was a really specific intro, Madison. (laughs) Uh, It feels like it's from personal experience. It,
0: believe it or not, is from personal experience.
1: It's so hard to believe. You painted such a vivid picture of... You in that situation, <laughs> me in your shoes, my
0: heavily pregnant <laughs> body. I okay wouldn't say heavily at that point. Oh, I thought you said I was pregnant. only slightly halfway through, but thanks for that picture. I had just seen you the day before, so thank you for <laughs> that. Is
1: true, that is true. Back it up, back it up. We're getting ahead of ourselves. What are we talking about today? Who
0: are we? Uh, we are Calamity Janes. I'm Madison.
1: And I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where two anything but plain Janes talk about disaster, calamity, catastrophes. Tell me what disaster you're going to tell me about today,
0: Madison. We are going to talk about the worst natural disaster that no one heard about last year, and that is the 2020 derecho.
1: Ugh. I'm excited because you lived through this. I lived through this secondhand on the phone with you, and it was something else. So let's get into it.
0: Yes, let's. Okay, such fond memories. So
1: would we say fond? Would we call them fond?
0: I mean, in hindsight, it was exciting for for a weather nerd. This was
1: like as close to being in the movie Twister as you were gonna get. Oh my gosh, this was your F six or whatever that.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, you can you can stop now. I'll.
1: You're Jodie Foster. What this is this is a good thing.
0: Jodie Foster?
1: Yeah. Wasn't I mean, Helen, Helen Punch sure...
0: Jody Whatever. Foster was not in Twister. Are you thinking <laughs> of Panic Room? No well, no. I am
1: thinking of the one with the tornado. There was no Tornado in Panic Room. I'm <laughs> well, there was too confused. It, but there was I also think... no Jody Foster in Twister. Well, same thing. Contact. Oh, Contact. That was The Jodie Alien Foster. movie? Yes. One of Mom's favorite movies.
0: I thought that was The Abyss.
1: She also loves that one. I remember one Valentine's Day, I got her uh, uh, contact. Loved it. She loved, to my knowledge. I don't know. She might have been like, oh my God, these kids. I just want a
0: day without kids. (laughs) But she seemed to like it. I mean, how could she not? Yeah, it was definitely Helen Hunt and 1,000% not Jodie Foster. And I'm really upset. And Bill Paxton, (laughs) it was a fabulous movie. Twister? Then, why were you movie? just on
1: my case about telling saying this was your twister? And you're like, You can just stop. What uh, what do you got uh, to go because
0: t- you said F6? Not only is that scale <laughs> system out of date, six is not on it. I just oh, so okay. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, a I, I grew up. I was destined to be a meteorologist. I, It was going to happen. I asked for a rain gauge for my 10th birthday. Hey, Mad, what was your
1: Hotmail email address?
0: Madlissweathergirl at hotmail.com. Sure was. My childhood crush, other than Zac Efron, was on uh, Jim Cantori, who is a meteorologist for the Weather Channel. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not ashamed. I will live my truth. My husband is I aware know, of this.
1: I don't know what kind of hold the weather channel had on you as a child. It, I
0: never understood it, but boy. Storm Stories was my ish. I was on oh Storm Stories was amazing. Then they did Weather on the Eights every 10 minutes. Okay, listen on the 8th. Listen
1: TV guide. We don't need a rundown of what was on the Weather Channel 15 years ago. Okay, let's get into what a derecho show is.
0: Okay, fine. All right. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> centering myself (laughs) okay so what exactly is a derecho oh do tell spanish for straight a derecho is a widespread long-lived straight-line windstorm associated with a fast-moving group of severe thunderstorms these storms are known as a mesoscale convective system say what yes systems like this can often cause hurricane force winds tornadoes flooding and hail these systems will often take the form of a bow echo or a backward c squall line which is a line of thunderstorms ahead of a cold front sorry yeah i figured that would trip you up so mm, let me explain it probably
1: tripped a lot of people up thank you very
0: much let me explain it to you like you're five please do thank you so much thank okay you. uh so what this basically means is a storm develops in a somewhat centralized area and uh as it travels in this case linear- linearly to the east it begins to spread into a spread out into a backward c shape and strengthen in intensity until it breaks up enough to weaken
1: Strengthens in intensity until it breaks up enough to weaken. Okay,
0: so think about um, if you spill a bottle of water on a counter. Mm-hmm. It's okay. coming from like a small opening in the bottle, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it the water once it leaves the bottle, it kind of fans out.
1: Oh, okay, I see. Yes, I see.
0: yeah. So that's kind of what it sounds really complicated when you're reading through it and had you should I have just started with the water bottle analogy okay. i to be really honest that I'm sorry really well what I needed we technically have a science tag on Apple and I have to do this so we aren't liars no
1: I I appreciate that I wish you would have started with that
0: okay I'm sorry well there there you go thank you <sighs> okay
1: please continue oh my god so difficult you love me you love
0: explaining things to me. I love you, but I don't always like you. That's a lie. Aww, I do like that you. That belongs
1: on a card somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. What makes derechos so much more dangerous than regular thunderstorms is that their power is much more sustained. If you oh. if you think about some of the worst thunderstorms that you've been in, they probably did Literally today. Yes. Th- I know I saw th- that thunder shook your house.
1: No, that was my leg hitting the table and then shaking
0: the camera oh. I was so scared. It scared me so much. <laughs> you. <laughs> So, you, there was some, some edi- editorializing in your YouTube video. It was
1: genuine. It was genuine shaking. Okay, but just it, from it, me it looked like
0: it was the thunder that shook your house. You're. No, that's oh, probably misleading. It's very misleading. You're my bad. You're okay. Anywho, okay. <clears throat> If you think about some of the worst thunderstorms you've ever been in, they probably didn't last all that long. In the grand scheme of things, an hour or a little bit more, max.
1: Sure, the most intense part, yeah. Yeah.
0: Their wind and rain likely dissipated relatively quickly, and they probably didn't travel across multiple states in that sort of intensity. Derechos, on the other hand, can remain active for days and can span across hundreds of miles really yes they're crazy there's a reason that people this is pretty it's kind of inaccurate but you can see why there's a reason people call them inland hurricanes
1: uh yeah i mean i could have seen that from like the one that you had it just days yes
0: yeah they can they can last days that's a big water bottle yeah very big water bottle uh yeah big old big old bottle Additionally, derechos are so dangerous because they're very sudden. Whereas you can hear thunder and see lightning during a typical thunderstorm, extremely high and sudden winds are what make a derecho just oh so special. The National Weather Service defines a derecho as a band of storms that have winds of at least 60 miles per hour, or 90 kilometers per hour for the uh, eight listeners that we have outside of the U.S., Um, Along the entire span of the storm front, maintained over a times, sorry, maintained over a time span of at least six hours. A more recent definition proposed a more physically-based uh, classification of a convective system that contains unique radar-observed features and mesovortices, as well as events that produce damage, swatches, oh, sorry, swaths of... Swatches. <laughs> swatches. This is a
1: lovely color. <laughs> I do love the color of this wind.
0: Yeah. Well, you can paint with all oh, the know. colors. Okay, that's
1: different. <laughs> Let her do the singing.
0: I know. God, it's so much so much better. Okay, anyways. Uh that produce damaged swaths of at least sixty miles or a hundred kilometers and oh sorry. Sixty miles wide or a hundred kilometers wide. Oh okay. and four hundred miles long or six hundred and fifty kilometers long.
1: How many square miles is that? Oh, you didn't do the math? No. <laughs> <laughs> for it. I thought you were, I thought I was setting you up for this calculation that you did.
0: <laughs> I'm. It, What'd you say it was? Uh, 60 miles wide and 400 mm-hmm. miles long. Did I tell you why I didn't become a meteorologist? It's because I had to start college with Cal 3 when I ended yeah. high school with pre-Cal. <laughs> yeah,
1: 24,000 square miles. That is how big is Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: decent sized state.
1: Is fifty six thousand square miles. So it, that's, I mean, that's a
0: sizable swath of land. Mm, it is. That's
1: like half the size of. Wow. wow yeah. Wow, wow.
0: And we'll talk about exactly. Okay. So here we'll talk about this now. Okay. So back to our particular derecho. This storm was incredibly intense. It developed in southeastern South Dakota slash northeastern Nebraska and intensified rapidly until it hit eastern Iowa, where winds reached 140 miles per hour in uh, in Cedar Rapids, which for, (laughs) I guess, I don't know how much personal information I should give out on a podcast that people, wherever can listen to That's about 20 minutes from where I was living when this happened. You're moving. Exactly. But uh, so Cedar Rapids got... is in eastern Iowa, and it definitely suffered the worst damage, hands down, of the entire storm. Uh, And the highest wind speed recorded there was 140 miles per hour. So, uh, for reference, that's what you would see in an, here you go, Bailey, an EF3 tornado or a major hurricane.
1: Okay. How high does the EF scale, I was missing one letter. Five. How, how, (laughs) five? I was very close. You were very close. Close
0: enough. Uh, okay. Also, these winds were crazy because Derecho winds typically last, or I'm sorry, because regular thunderstorm winds typically last about 10 to 20 minutes. These last for about 60. So, again, you the peak of a thunderstorm when you're like, oh my gosh, the storm is crazy, the thunder, the lightning, the wind, the rain, it's probably only a few minutes, probably about 10 to 20 minutes when it's at its mm-hmm. peak. This was, these winds lasted for an hour.
1: At at their worst, and you said Cedar Rapids, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: hmm uh, And the strongest gust there was 140. So shh. it's just, it's kind of hard to even fathom. What the heck was that?
1: That was probably me going, shh
0: like wow oh i thought you were imitating the winds
1: no, <laughs> no i'm not sound designing
0: this podcast okay. real time <laughs> oh my god okay so developed in southeastern south dakota northeastern nebraska came into iowa uh the storm continued traveling east where it entered illinois southern wisconsin or and, sorry entered Illinois, then southern Wisconsin around 2 p.m., and northern Indiana around 5. The storm then entered southeastern Michigan around 6 and western Ohio around 7.30, finally dissipating over north-central Ohio later that evening. So we went from South Dakota, Nebraska, all the way to ohio
1: in a southeastern motion that I'm looking is correct at a map right now because i'm like what does the united states look like again yes oh
0: it's all I of see. the states that the rest of the united states don't care about mm,
1: well we're not everyone the rest no. of the United States. i'm living world.
0: it i'm in it i am well, these people
1: you are you are <sighs> i was once
0: those people yeah and then you left it's too cold i'll <sighs> tell you what you're not wrong Alrighty, so that is basically what happened there. Um, That's where the storm went. Uh, Lasted a long time. It was really crazy. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, determined that this storm cost $11 billion. With a B. With a B, making it the most costly thunderstorm in U.S. history.
1: And they still call it a thunderstorm. That seems like you would escalate it to super mega tyrannical storm. Are you frozen?
0: No. Oh, no. I'm not. <laughs> wow. I'm just.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: That didn't go over well then. Okay. It's kind of like that polar bear fart joke you made in episode two. I think about it sometimes and I'm like, ugh. I get I get cringy thinking. What, about
1: it. what uh, you think about that specific moment in time. I do. I do. Well, I my apologies to everyone who downloaded and listened to that episode and also cringed. And then again here for that one that I just did.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I there are other parts of your life that I think about and cringe. Cringe. In oh my gosh. Have you seen <laughs> your middle school pictures? Oh okay. Gosh, they Do not come for so me. I was like, clad in Limited 2 and Justice apparel out the wazoo. Oh, you
1: love Justice and so much black eyeliner. So much black eyeliner. Okay. We're not going to
0: talk about it anymore. I'm
1: just, you want to act like you're all, mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Nearly 2 million people were without power between August 10th and 13th, and over 300,000 people remained without power after that time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mediacom, which is an internet provider, reported 340,000 customers lost internet access. I was one of them, and our outage lasted for four days.
1: I remember that. I do remember that. Getting a hold of you was a challenge. Dark days.
0: Dark days they were.
1: Almost literally sometimes.
0: Yes. We lost power for a really short period of time. We were so lucky. The power lines came down across the street from us, um, but we lost power for like half an hour. We were so extremely lucky, but the internet was definitely annoying because my husband was working at the time and I was not, and I did not have anything to do (laughs) except be pregnant at home.
1: Grow a child.
0: Yeah. It was... It was not not the best couple of I days. I do
1: remember you calling me a few times being like, I am bored. To
0: yes. Me. I should have just read a book, but I- Maybe. It just didn't. Maybe. I just wasn't in the mood at the time. And I was like, I have a sister and she should want to talk to me all the time. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. 24-7. I four seven. myself as being like a really unpleasant person on this podcast.
1: No. I just told the worst non-joke of all time. How can you be the worst one? (laughs)
0: Uh, We're both terrible, and that's why this works so well. We are
1: awful. Thanks for listening.
0: Mm. Okay. Terry Dusky, the CEO of electrical infrastructure company ITC Midwest, described the store damage as the equivalent of a 40-mile-wide tornado that rolled over 100 miles of the state. And that's really exactly what it felt like inside of it too i mean driving around after the fact it looked like a tornado parts of it looked like a bomb everything was just flattened because it's straight it line did, winds.
1: when you showed pictures of some of the trees it looked like they exploded from the inside the way they had splintered and like mm-hmm. it, it's just it didn't look like something blew it down it looked like something blued it blued it <laughs> <laughs> blew it every which way it was... <laughs> yeah
0: well yeah and that's that's exactly what it was like it I kind of got goosebumps right before it happened because I like I said I went outside I knew there was going to be a big thunderstorm the sky was dark I was all jazzed because we've got this covered porch so I was like great I can watch the rain I'll enjoy my chicken fried rice it'll be on great. the phone with my sister yeah okay I wasn't talking to you yet I was going to go outside and enjoy the view I had my dog out there with me I hadn't called you yet. I'm getting there. you your time in the story comes, okay? I was there the whole time. This is about me.
1: Whole time. <laughs> my time. I
0: felt uh, like I was there for forever. Yeah, well, I bet it I bet it did. Because you get we anyways, we'll get to that point in a yeah. second. Uh yeah, I was just outside and everything got really, really still because you kind of had that warm breeze that comes through right before a thunderstorm. Everything got really still and it was so dark. And my neighbor my next door neighbor, who was probably like 20 feet away from me, chilling in her garden, didn't say a word to me. Didn't, wasn't like, oh, sorry, my spidey senses are tingling. I'm going to get inside because this seems really scary. And she just up and left, didn't say a word to me. And then I was being pelted. Did she like run away? Yeah. She like grabbed her chair and like sprinted inside. And probably about 20 seconds later, this wall of, um, like rain and leaves and like branches and stuff and like comes in with the wind and i thought my first thought was that it was a tornado and which is much of a weather nerd as i am and i love watching videos of tornadoes and all of that and hearing survivor stories from storms like that not so fun when you are not prepared for it mm. um also when you're not watching it on youtube <laughs>
1: Yeah, turns out real life is different.
0: No one told me that. I had no way to prepare. Did they have to? Who Who could have known? Yeah. There was no way to know. <laughs> um, but it, you could see it. You could see the wind, not just carrying the debris, but you could see it was a literal wall coming down the street from the east. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. I mean, everyone's kind of seen rain come in. But, and it's a lot like that yeah but, like the wall yeah but it hit you so fast and I could hear like the trees bending and so I sprinted inside tried my hardest to get my hundred pound dog into the basement with me because again I thought it was a tornado and well my second thought after a tornado was why are the sirens not going off and that irritated me more than anything in the moment and then I was like crap I am <laughs> I need procedure,
1: people. Why are we ignoring the procedure? They're there
0: for a reason. And then I was like, crap, I have to go into my creepy basement and go hide there. I don't know what's worse, being
1: caught outside in a derecho or being in your haunted basement. Oh, my
0: God. It's awful. I hate it down there. Uh, It's it's bad. But. Anyways, um, and while I was downstairs, that was when I called you because I was alone. I was like, well, In if your basement. my rickety house and my gross basement are going to be blown away by this tornado that I'm pretty sure is knocking on my front door, someone should probably know what happened. And so I called you. And, we... and then
1: you wanted me to bear witness to that drama. I
0: sure did. Ryan was at the hospital and I couldn't, I didn't have anyone else to talk to. Yeah. You chose me. I appreciate that. Yeah. what I What is that. your memory of the day since you so badly want to be involved in this? Well, apparently you called me when you were in
1: the basement and I was like, oh, what's this drama drama about? You're, you were like... You were surprisingly... Kind of like you deliver bad news in this podcast. Like... Yeah, so it's, like, really windy here. I think there's a bad storm coming. And then you walk up the stairs to check it out outside. And all of a sudden, it there's roar. It's not wind. It That's is, right. like, a roar. And I I said to you something like, is that a helicopter? Like, what is it? It sounded like a machine. It was so loud or something. And I was like, what is that? You said, that is the wind. Mm-hmm. That is what is happening outside. And did you go... Did you take me to your porch? I think I did I like, open
0: the door because once I figured out that it I'd been down there for a few minutes and I figured if it were a tornado, it's those are typically s- acute enough that it would have passed, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, oh well, then even if the winds are that high, if it's still going on, it's probably safe. And-
1: I'm sure it's fine, even if it's not. I'm a nosy Nell, and I want to know exactly.
0: To- and our power the minor storm chaser, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be up there. <laughs> and our power was out by that point, but yeah, I could see there were rain. Branch- Jody Foster <laughs> needs to be storm. <laughs> you know me, just call me Jody. <laughs> Oh my god!
1: I'm sorry, Helen. You did a wonderful job. She in did that a movie. fabulous job. I just confused the two of them, selling sometimes. Helen Hunt out. Ugh. I'm so sorry.
0: Anyway, I'm not the only one. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was also in that movie. Don't I do not recall that. I'm pretty. It's
1: sure. been a while since
0: I've seen it, though. I'm pretty sure he was. Let me double check.
1: I'm almost positive.
0: Yes, he was. He, wow. He, yeah. It's a really good movie. People ignore it. It's an excellent movie. I can't get into. this Okay, sand. stop
1: evangelizing
0: tornado <laughs> twister. We all we all know. Okay, uh, but yeah, really really loud. I could see and hear trees coming down throughout the neighborhood. But after I'd been down in the basement and you know like popping up to see if the house was still standing after like twenty minutes, it was still going on, and I didn't really didn't really know what to do. It i don't know i i overall was extremely lucky obviously in this entire thing our house was unscathed we really and you
1: live in an old house yes it's
0: like a hundred no it was Close. built in the 40s but oh my god that's actually not that <laughs> you're not that far off i know that's what i'm saying it is an older home yes that is so true anyways so once it finally ended uh i had to go pick up My husband from his shift at the hospital, and we, I probably left about ten minutes earlier than I should have because it was kind of hard to keep the car on the road. With
1: I think you kept me on the phone for that too.
0: I did, yeah. Yes, it was uh, definitely not 140 mile per hour winds when I was driving, but it was hard to keep the car on the road at some point. And I was driving around trees that had fallen down. Um, and as I was trying to get out of the neighborhood, I had to weave my way around because power lines were down. And that lucky son of a gun had no clue what was going on because he was in a fortress at the time and none of the doctors knew what was going on. They, I guess, I don't know. In hindsight, it was exciting. In the moment, it was terrifying. So I guess lucky them.
1: <laughs> true, very true. But then he had to come home. And that's that's the hard thing because he's like, what are you so upset
0: about? You don't understand. He, well, yeah, exactly. I was like, I can come get you soon, but it's still, the weather is still really bad. And he never responded. I was like, okay, I'll be there soon. <laughs> it's fine. That was like
1: today with the weather so bad. And Andrew, um, who, the building that he works in, because they work so close to the airport, they have uh, noise machines to help cancel out the noise oh. from the airfield. And so he is oblivious to so many things that happen outside. He came home and he's like, oh, yeah, the weather's not too bad. I thought I was supposed to rain pretty hard. And I'm like, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> it, it was torrential outside. Wh- where were you today? Yeah, exactly. I know he always thinks I'm being dramatic when mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. But this is, I don't need to, I don't need to air this, this part of our relationship. About <laughs> Let's keep marriage stuff, you know, in the marriage. Yeah, but when it comes to stuff like this, he always thinks I'm being dramatic. And I was like, you weren't there. You didn't live it. You don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so like I said, our half of the street was relatively unscathed, but lots of trees down, lots of power lines down. We drove a few minutes outside of town once everything was done, like it was sunny out and it was drying out. It was crazy watching it. It did look like a tornado, like I said, because things were just flattened. Uh, the crops were totally destroyed silos were crumpled like tin cans they were just blown straight down on top of each other blown through the crops it was horrible trees were snapped in half and highway signs were down and cars had been blown off the road
1: whole cars whole cars been blown off the road
0: yeah um because what what did people do do if you're on the highway what do you do well it blocked a large portion of the highway when it came through and uh there was no loss of life on the highway um cars weren't like thrown around like you would see in a tornado thankfully but i know that semis were pushed off the road and because it's
1: it's a huge... Not just cars, semis. It, well, yeah, well... But uh, I guess they have very
0: broad exactly, faces, too. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, of all of the vehicles, I am... Yeah,
1: lots of surface area to yes. get blown. Like, it's like a sail.
0: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. The Unfortunately, the derecho had a really devastating effect on farmers in the region, mm-hmm. especially those in Iowa where the storm was the most severe. Crop damage was visible via satellite. 100 million bushels of grain storage and processing infrastructure were destroyed merely weeks before harvest. Projected yield for the state was nearly halved. 8,000 homes were completely destroyed in Iowa alone, and public infrastructure suffered $23.6 million in damage.
1: That is so wild. And, you know, now that I think about it, what was it was two or three months in between the time when we visited right before the derecho and the time
0: after right
1: mm-hmm. yes like
0: two and there was
1: still so much damage in your area
0: yeah yeah they they cleaned up iowa city pretty quickly but co- mm-hmm. uh sorry but cedar rapids they well i'll talk about a little bit more oh my gosh well here right now uh Lynn County, where Cedar Rapids is the county seat, experienced over 95 percent power loss to residents. Cedar Rapids experienced 98 percent power loss at one point, and Cedar Rapids and y- nearby Marion are estimated to have lost half their tree canopy. What does that mean? It means half their trees were torn down, oh, or destroyed, they were either uprooted, destroyed, snapped in half.
1: Why is canopy just a term that is used? Mm-hmm okay yeah i didn't know if there was a significant in terms of like ground cover when i think of canopy i think about like
0: yes this is me
1: (laughs) imitating a tree being a tree being a tree her
0: arms are up in a exaggerated y fashion her head is cocked to the side fabulousness
1: okay (laughs) yes it's a tree with attitude
0: uh uh yeah it destroyed parts of cedar rapids and it destroyed so much of what was about to be harvested it was really a catastrophic time for the farmers which who were already struggling after an already
1: hard year Mm -hmm. with covid
0: four people were confirmed dead after the storm uh one man was caught out on a bike trail and he was killed by a tree oh my god and the other three i believe were killed um, inside uh, buildings that were affected. Compromised, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of criticism about how much of how, how this was really handled. After the fact, you mean? Yes. Okay. So first, no one outside of the affected region really knew about it. I'm kind of willing to bet if you hadn't been on the phone with me, you also would not have heard about it.
1: Yeah. It would have been like, oh, Iowa sees bad storms or something.
0: Yeah. I remember talking to a friend who was living in Colorado probably about a month after this happened and she had no clue. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone else I talked to has no idea that it happened. And I mean, for me personally, that doesn't mean anything. But uh, I'm not really sure why that happened. I think it's just because people... Because tornadoes
1: get talked about all the time. Yeah,
0: they do. But... I guess it's just because I don't I don't think people care about the Midwest in the same way that they care about other places, which is really unfortunate. And there's I don't think any good reason for that. But that's just kind of how it is.
1: Maybe it's also oh, I,
0: I'm totally speculating here.
1: Yeah, because everything about that is a headline. I, yeah, you're right. I don't know why, because the the loss was massive the force of the storm is massive i mean Mm -hmm. it's every bit as powerful as a tornado or a hurricane on the land yeah
0: well some uh i think i don't know if i mentioned it in here but uh there was a a person in the iowa national guard who mentioned that what cedar rapids looked like was comparable to katrina it just parts of it were completely devastated devastated uh, the other problem was that it took three days for state officials to begin aid effort. Three days after what... Why? It That's a really good question. The Iowa National Guard didn't even receive local requests for help until August 13th, and this was on August 10th. The So all of the, the effort that was put forth until that point was grassroots. It was... Neighbors. Help your neighbor yeah exactly so was it
1: that the the damage wasn't as apparent? no nope. I mean, how-
0: well especially in cedar rapids their buildings schools were ripped apart i mean i remember the like the day or two after hearing on the radio that they had to delay opening schools because the schools were destroyed mhm the, um, so, you know, although neighbor helping neighbor is very inspiring, it shouldn't have had to happen.
1: Especially for as long as it did. I mean, days. Yes. Well, and that's... People just are less efficient. Yeah. It's days of, like, that.
0: like, boiling water and mm-hmm. having to go... I mean, people were preparing meals. There they were organized... People were organizing, but it wasn't the people who were supposed to be doing it.
1: Yeah. Hey, who who were prepared to, who are like, mm-hmm. have plans and resources to jump on these things in an efficient and timely manner.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember also hearing on the radio, they, uh, women were, I think it was mostly like middle-aged mothers, were preparing meals for linemen who were out trying mm-hmm. to restore electricity.
1: Yeah. I remember hearing a lot about linemen. Um Yeah. And just all the jobs that they had. They
0: were working 24 hours straight. They were. You were actually, you
1: told me that. I'm like, how, where did I hear about that? Oh, you. Yeah. You were telling us. About that that. might have been yeah. me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They really. Oh, man. They a big round of applause for the linemen because they I also saw somewhere that competing uh, companies were out helping each other just trying to get it back up. They they were doing and- their jobs because it was an election year. Politicians jumped on the opportunity to hand out supplies and help out, but they were also quick to turn the generosity into a photo op. So everyone wanted credit for helping out and no one wanted to accept the blame for failing to ask for the assistance that people really needed.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. I think it took the governor four days to ask uh, President Trump for help. Really? Yeah. Because I I truly because that's
1: that's one day after you said they asked for state national guard yes, assistance right yeah
0: I'm pretty sure that's that's what I read I know that it was several mm. days after it I don't I truly don't know why it. <sighs> I don't know.
1: Has there been, like, an investigation? Any no. sort of, like, post-follow-up, what went wrong? No. What could we have done better? Next- oh, that's frustrating. But I also
0: know that at the same time the governor finally asked for help uh, at the federal level, <laughs> uh, Ashton Kutcher, who is an Iowa native, had... W- really? Yes, he is. Huh. Uh I think he's actually from eastern Iowa, where most of the... Don't quote me on that, but I do know that he's from Iowa, he gonna, gonna look it up. Oh, please do. He I think tweeted or somehow publicized the fact that no one in the area was getting help and he was disappointed. And then suddenly they got help. Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. As always, I try to end these episodes on a slightly uplifting note. I do not always do it, but I try. <laughs>
1: Are you telling me you have something to add or are you saying the end?
0: I'm saying it's really amazing that people helped their fellow man (laughs) and we should all focus on the beautiful moments of humanity. I don't know. It's horrible when the people who are supposed to help you fail you and they...
1: Did they eventually come... They eventually came to the aid, right? There,
0: just... Yes, but there are still parts of Cedar Rapids that there are still trees down. There are still houses that are torn up. And mm. and it's also the a lot of the parts of Cedar Rapids that were hit hardest were low-income areas. Mm. Probably another reason why local and state officials were not quite as concerned is because mm. for obvious reasons. And it's awful. So, but it is great that people were helping each other. That is always a good thing. And although there was almost no warning to anyone in the Derechos Path, every unique weather event like this is a learning opportunity for meteorologists. They are always able to gather information when something incredibly unique and kind of once in a lifetime happens like this. Derechos happen every year, but this was a monster. This was unlike anything they had seen. Well, like we said, it was the most costly one that had ever mm-hmm. happened. It It's insane. The term derecho, it was initially coined in the 1800s, but it wasn't commonly used until 1980. Like, it's just not something that people were focused on happens
1: often enough that
0: yeah well because again it's something that happens in the midwest Mm -hmm. and it's i don't know it's just not
1: is it do they i mean it could is it a population density thing like if it happens it could
0: be yeah well because it's also not unlike tornadoes which are extremely violent and very centralized and it's Mm -hmm. you can track them easily um once they're happening uh and you can see the damage and very visible yes exactly it it's really interesting it just doesn't they're doing research on it i'm i don't know i'm interested to see what they find a, about this
1: yeah um especially because like could there be a warning obviously they either didn't think to or didn't have the time to warn people with um the tornado sirens Surely you can use those for non-tornado wind events. Well, they did.
0: They The tornado sirens for me came on about 10 minutes after it hit our neighborhood. Wah, wah. Which was yeah, incredibly useful. If anything, yeah. I was like, oh, crap. There is a tornado. Yeah. Uh,
1: wait. We're not done? The, that, was that, that was the appetizer. Yeah. What is this?
0: And then this went on for another 50 minutes. It, yeah. So i hope that we can all learn from this i i always think the meteorologists do everything they can i do not fault them in this situation i fault the governor of iowa and some local leaders (laughs) but it's just an unfortunate thing that happened Uh, like all of these like the whole podcast is
1: they are disasters it's about what happens And how we handle it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that is 2020's worst natural disaster that you probably never heard about, unless you're in the United States. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're my friend, and then I made you listen to me talk about my special experience (laughs) at length. I know. Well, that's what I got. That's all she wrote.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that, Moo. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, as usual, please subscribe. Please write us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we love to hear your suggestions. If derecho's aren't your cup of tea, you want something other than nuclear disasters, let us know. Uh, email us. All of Madison's wonderful research notes or resources are always in the show notes, as well as our email address
0: where you can drop us a line. Please do. Yes, please. And now that we're fully launched, even if it took us a week, thanks, Apple. We uh, desperate. This will be so. (laughs) This will be public so much later than that. I know. I know. Okay, but I'm so excited that the podcast is finally launched. We do really want to hear your feedback, your constructive criticism, your gentle constructive, gentle constructive criticism. Uh. And I'm just so excited that people finally get to hear it. I'm excited that we get to share this with other people. Our baby. Our brainchild. Our our brain pandemic brainchild.
1: Pandemic. Oh, tail end of the pandemic. I mean, it really didn't come out of I the mean, hardest part of the
0: pandemic. God, I hope it's the tail end of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah uh okay anyways goodbye i love you everyone <laughs> goodbye th- oh
1: wow that escalated last week you were like i don't know you well enough to say i love you and now look you're just everyone i love you my
0: heart is so full now that our podcast is public and i just
1: <laughs> i love you and i love you and i love all you you get and i love you you
0: get and i love you, you. i love you
1: very well very well well thank you again uh goodbye goodbye toodaloo